Hello and welcome to the Region Agri podcast, the go-to place to hear everything about regenerative agriculture. Region Agri is an initiative supporting farms, agribusinesses and the supply chain in their transition to regenerative approaches. We offer global capacity with the aim of securing the health of the land and the wealth of those who live on it. For more information about our initiative and to find out how we can help you with your regenerative journey, please visit regionagri.org. I'm your host, Rose Riley, and once again, I'm excited to bring you the latest development in the global phenomenon that is regenerative agriculture. In this episode, our focus is connecting the regenerative textile supply chain. To share insights into this topic, I'm joined by Fabiana Furlan, Head of Commercial, Finance and Sustainability at Sheffer, along with Alberto Candiani, who is the owner and president of Candiani Denim. Sheffer combines productivity with environmental responsibility in its large-scale mixed regenerative farming enterprise, stretching across 200,000 hectares in Brazil. As well as having a production unit in Colombia and a mining company in the state of Pará, Sheffer produces regenerative cotton, soybeans and corn, as well as raising livestock and storing grain. It was the first company of its kind to gain Region Agri certification in 2021. With a 30-year history, Sheffer has brought together decades of knowledge and pioneering techniques to implement regenerative agricultural practices, which have influenced and impacted entire markets and wider supply chains in food and textiles. Fabiana joined the company at the start of its regenerative journey seven years ago and is here to tell us more. Candiani Denim, which is also a Region Agri certified company, was founded more than 80 years ago in a small town just outside of Milan in Italy and has since become an established and renowned international textile company and denim manufacturer, with core principles of sustainability and innovation. In its fourth generation, Candiani is now led by Alberto Candiani, whose long-term vision for the company centres around regenerative agriculture and forming a circular model using sustainable resources. Welcome to both of you. I'm excited to learn about how Sheffer and Candiani Denim have been working together as we explore the intricacies of the regenerative textile supply chain. Hi, Rose. Hello, Alberto. Hi, Fabiana. Hi, Rose. So can we start with a bit of an introduction initially to Sheffer, Fabiana? Yes, sure. So my name is Fabiana Furlan, the responsible for Sheffer at the commercial finance and sustainability area. Sheffer is farming in Brazil for more than 35 years. We are a family farming operation, mostly in Mato Grosso State in Brazil. And we were the first farmer to plant cotton in the region of Sapezal in Mato Grosso State in Brazil. And this happened in 1996. And it has been seven years that we are farming under regenerative practices. And it has been a very interesting journey so far. Thank you. And Alberto? Um, could we get an introduction to Candiani Denim? I am Alberto Candiani, president at Candiani Denim, which is a family-owned business. We're a textile company manufacturing primarily denim, so the fabric they make the jeans with. And we are an Italian-based company. We're located not far from Milano. And we've been there for about 85 years. We were founded by my great-grandfather in 1938. 2023, again, I'm the fourth generation of the family still enjoying our business. Fantastic family heritage. So how did the connection between your two organizations arise? It's a good question, Rose. As we've been farming and producing cotton for many, many years, in the past, we shipped cotton to Candiani. So Candiani used our conventional cotton before, but just this approach between Candiani directly to Sheffer 
It's a very unique approach as we are obviously in a long supply chain, very fragmented supply chain. So it's not usual to have this connection from a farmer directly to a spinner. So Congeni also has a final brand. So Alberto, for sure, will explore that. But we were connected because of the regenerative cotton. The sure thing here is that we share some values with Congeni and it's basically some sustainability approaches that we have at our farm level here at Sheffer. And we were lucky to meet Kandiani in this process of regenerative cotton and regenerative farming journey. So this is in this point that we got together in connecting the both companies, exploring the landscape for regenerative cotton. Alberto? Yes, it all started when... I decided to investigate a little deeper in the regenerative world, meaning that years ago, already in 2017, 2018, I was working internally on regenerative products. We were trying to develop fabrics with a smart end of life or a regenerative end of life. We were designing and engineering fabrics, thinking of their end of life. The fabrics, they could have been fully recyclable or even biodegradable or compostable. So that was the beginning of Candiani's regenerative quest. And all of a sudden, I discovered that even in agriculture, they were adopting some regenerative practices, which were not necessarily the same ones I was looking at while studying and engineering our own best practices and processes. So I did year of regenerative agriculture and regenerative cotton. I said, okay, let's look into that and let's see who's doing it. I wasn't really surprised when I found out that Shepherd was the one really pioneering this route because I, I was familiar with the name Shepherd. I knew as a fact that Kandiani has sourced cotton from Shepherd in the past. Again, they they had great reputation. We certainly shared values. And I wasn't really surprised when I found out they've been working on regenerative practices for seven years. And I reached out to them and I was like, okay, guys, uh, I think we need to discuss something because you've been doing this for quite a long time already. And I believe we are ready to implement regenerative cotton in our lines. And yes, and that's how it started. You touched a little bit on the fact that you have an unusual format of your supply chain. Could you expand on that a little bit and explain how your supply chain between farm and end product differs to the norm and why it's important to you to have a transparent and traceable supply chain? Sure, Rose. Just speaking from a farmer perspective, our first counterparty is cotton merchant. So we have the cotton bales ready to be shipped from our farms here in Brazil. We ship it to the export market, so it goes from FOB Santos Brazil onwards towards destination. So we don't have visibility of how the process goes and who are the players involved after this moment on. This initiative with Kanjani is very unique because we are actually connecting and making the supply chain shorter. So in this case, we understood that a very special collaboration is needed to bring and build transparency in the process overall. We managed to organize the logistics and the supply chain in partnership, all everyone involved in this process all together. It's really an open mind approach to explore a more transparent way of doing business comparing to 
regular business as usual, comparing with the regular trades of cotton in the market. We have been exploring this collaboration based on transparency. And in this case, we have full traceability from the farm level. And then maybe, Alberto, you can explore after you, you get the bales in your meal, if you can just go from there. Sure. Absolutely. What we get from Chefa is the true origin, meaning we are really going back to the farm, to the field. So once the bales get to Robecchetto, which is a little town where Candiani is based, then obviously they're provided with full traceability sort of devices, let's say. So for each bale, we have the full traceability. And from there, we go into the spinning with the same principle. So each batch gets traced through canning each single bale and each single soft product, mainly the bale, goes through different processes before we get the yarn. But each process, now not to get too technical, but each process gets traced. And then obviously that continues through the dyeing and the weaving and the finishing. So at the end, we can trace full production and the full process for each lot we've been processing. And this is quite unique. It's true that this is more or less what we do to every single fabric we produce. But what makes the difference in this case is what Fabiana mentioned. Here, we're literally going back to the very source. So we're not going back to the ginning. Of course, we get to the ginning, but... We go even further, we can really go back to the farm and even the fields they have planted the cotton. It's true, we have a direct relationship, which is also very unusual. I have to give a little credit to a merchant, Ecom, which has facilitated this direct relationship. They were the ones connecting Sheffer and Kandiani. But again, everything else has been sorted out between Sheffer and Kandiani. And that obviously creates a different type of relationship, which becomes a very good part of the storytelling as well, because we're looking at something which is very innovative when it comes to cotton trading and transformation. Thank you. It's really interesting. Within the textiles industry, there's a big popularity of organic cotton for organisations who are trying to operate in a more environmentally friendly way. So I'm very interested to know from both of you what your opinion is of the difference between organic and regenerative and why you've chosen to go down the regenerative route instead. Rose, this is a really good question. There are many, many questions around the differences of regenerative versus organic. And as regenerative has been gaining more and more popularity recently. So just to give a little bit of perspective, what do we understand in our approach towards regenerative farming is that we put the soil health as the target. So we apply all the practices and everything that we do under the crop management be it any kind of crop, it can be cotton, soybean, corn, whatever the crop is, it's an approach towards a healthier soil. For us as a farmer, the most valuable asset that we have is the soil. Without a healthy soil, we don't have good crops, we don't have good yields. And at the end of the day, we don't have longevity in our business. We are farming here in Mato Grosso for 35 years and our objective is to keep farming for the next 35 years and so on and so on. So we really need to take care of our soil. So the regenerative approach is around the soil and it differs to organic in some specific 
ways. Organic is zero chemicals and non-GMO seeds. So these two aspects limit a little bit the approach and the farming management around a healthy soil. So just to give you one example, as you cannot uh, use any chemical inputs in organic field, you need to till the land to kill weeds. And the more you disturb the soil, the worse it gets for the life within the soil. We expose the soil to the weather conditions, such as heat, the sun, wind, water. So it's not beneficial from a healthy perspective of the soil itself to till the soil. The other really important aspect is the yield. If we take into perspective, the world produces about 27 million tons of cotton linked per year, and the organic production is less than 250,000 tons of cotton linked. So it's really less than 1% of the global crop. If we would convert all the acreage that is dedicated to cotton to organic approach, we would need at least four times the acreage. So in terms of land use efficiency, it's really relevant, the impact, right? So this is basically the way that we see the difference and some approaches comparing regenerative and organic farming system. Alberto? You touched the most important point, which is scalability. I'm not against organic by any means. As a matter of fact, 20% of our production is organic. I should say on paper, organic and regenerative, they shouldn't even compete. We're talking two different things. And I don't want to say there's one better than the other, but for sure, there's one which is way more scalable than the other and potentially has a better impact when we talk big scale, and that's regenerative. So in my opinion, validating what Fabiana said, even under scientific perspective, regenerative agriculture is the only solution to make a big change in agriculture, especially when it comes to cotton. I believe that really is the only way to make cotton a less impactful type of crop. On paper, they shouldn't be competing, but when it comes to the market, when it comes to the end consumer, when it comes to the brands in particular, those two different types of cotton are starting to compete as you know sustainable stories. We're going to talk a bit more about stories later on. Again, regenerative and organic are very different things. And as I said, regenerative is way more impactful on a bigger scale and in a stronger, positive way. And Alberto, just building on what you just mentioned, I think it's also important to mention that regenerative, it is not a path towards organic. Regenerative, it's a completely different approach in which we have the soil as the center of all the environmental benefits that we can get under a farming system. So I think differentiate themselves by looking at this focus on the soil health. Thank you both. And we're starting to see both at farm level and at processors and manufacturers and brands that people are starting to make claims about using regenerative produce. What are your thoughts on that within the industry and what claims are you making as organisations? From our perspective here as a farmer, Rose, we've been very much focused in three KPIs. The first one is the reduction of chemical inputs. As I mentioned, the target is not 
reaching zero, like organic, but it's a continuous improvement. So we've been able so far in these last seven years to reduce about 40%, 40% of our chemical use. And in order to do that, we've been using biological inputs. So we use microorganisms such as fungi and bacteria to control pests and diseases. So we are reducing the synthetic inputs and we are using biological inputs to control pests and disease in the crop, in the fields. So chemical reduction is the first KPI that we've been measuring in all these years. The second one is biodiversity. As we are building on biology, what we want is to have healthy soil and a healthy soil must be rich in biology. So our goal here is to bring life back into the soil. So that's why the first step is actually reducing the chemicals. So you enable the living organisms to improve their conditions in the soil. So biodiversity is a consequence and biodiversity plays a huge role in the ecosystem, delivering nutrient cycling, for example, between the soil, biodegrading other live organisms, and then delivering nutrients to the plants, to the crops, let's say cotton or soybeans or corn. So biodiversity is a really relevant aspect that we've been measuring as well. And the third one is carbon. The more biological activities that you have in the soil, the more likely that you're going to have carbon fixation in the soil. And we are also measuring and following up carbon. You know, when you listen to Fabiana or technical people, that that's their job. That's what they do. They grow cotton and they tell you what their advantages are. And they just give you a description like this. We're talking best practices, basically. And obviously, best practices are continuous improvement. And we talked about the soil. We're talking biodiversity. And trust me, biodiversity is something that I relate to very often because Kandiani is based, it's physically located inside a nature reserve. The nature reserve was instituted way after the company was there. So I would say we're the only large textile operation in the world that fits a nature reserve. And we have to comply to certain standards that the rest of the industry, all of our competitors do not have to face, obviously. That's no longer a disadvantage in our case. So the, the reason why we've been proving a lot and we had to be smart to survive such an environment, this is where we are. We want to respect the environment. We want to preserve the biodiversity around us, meaning we have to invest in new technologies, in new ingredients, in new best practices as well, in order to comply. and. Eventually, we have to tell our customers what we do and the way we do it, because, again, the restrictions we have to face operating inside the nature reserve in Italy, they are quite tough, especially if we're talking textiles. But that said, what I just described and what Fabiana described in a more technical way is what B2B should be able to translate, probably using a different language, to the B2C. And I'm saying that because regenerative agriculture has been taken advantage by many brands. And regenerative agriculture landed in a very gray area, not really a green area, <laughs> a gray area when it comes to marketing. Regenerative was a world very easy to be speculated. 
And we're still there. We're still facing false claims and the word regenerative itself has been abused quite a lot lately, even because the literature wasn't really there until region, I agree, showed up with the protocol, to be honest. And Sheffer contributed, and Yanis contributed as well, in order to apply and extend the protocol to something tangible, which means data, which means results, which means improvements, and which means product in the end, with full traceability, and that makes it even more tangible. I mean, regenerative is becoming something very, very popular, which obviously requires a little regulation. And you mentioned Region Agri there, and both of your companies are Region Agri certified. So I'm really interested to know why you decided to go for certification against the Region Agri standard and how that third party certification adds value to the business. As Alberto just mentioned, regenerative is still working through to get out of this gray area, as Alberto mentioned very well. And I think that Origin Agri certification brings a very clear standard into the global market with a global approach. This is really good to build on credibility for everyone that is involved in this journey, just to have a clear landscape, a clear scenario of what are the actions, what are the benefits, what are the claims, the KPIs, the practices in the farm level or in the spinner level. And then I think it's Definitely, Region Agri is building this credibility in the market and contributing to avoid false claims and to bring more transparency based on data, based on science approach. So definitely, it's something that we are supporting since the beginning. We were the first farmer in Brazil to get certification, the Region Agri certification in 2020. And we've been supporting the initiative since then and expanding and collaborating with everyone that is involved in this process as well. Yeah, credibility is a key word in this case. Uh, trust me, I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of certifications because most times they they cost a lot and they don't really tell the truth. But in this case, we didn't need a real certification. And as I said, the word regenerative is too easy to be speculated or abused. So Region Agri came up with a decent protocol, to be honest, and that preserved the integrity of the people committing to it. It's just a matter of being committed and serious about something. The protocol itself is about improvement. I did mention the word improvement before. I always say, and I keep repeating, that improvement stands for innovation. When you innovate, it means you've done something better than you know than the previous version or the previous product. And that's an improvement. An improvement never ends, really. And the protocol itself suggests or tells the farmer what to adjust in order to go regenerative. You know, no one was born regenerative. Everyone now is looking at regenerative as an opportunity in a way. And that's totally fine because there's an opportunity to develop. There is an opportunity to improve what you do. And the protocol is there to give you guidelines which are totally sustainable, even financially and potentially scalable. I, I said earlier, regenerative agriculture, especially the one that applies to cotton, at zero literature five years ago. Like 
no one really could define what that really was. And most literature was provided by the Region Agri protocol and certification. So we were probably the first Daniel Mill to be certified Region Agri in early 2022. And regenerative agriculture and regenerative cotton is becoming our strongest commitment when it comes to raw materials. And what have you both had to do to become certified and what do you have to do to maintain your certification? So just starting from the farm level, the certification scheme, it looks at everything that we do at the farm level. How do we approach and how do we manage the crop? So basically, we have to follow and to go through their criterias around all our impacts in nature, basically. So they look at if we have cover crops, if we do tillage, crop rotation, the reduction of chemical inputs, the use of natural solutions for crop protection. Then in our case, we use biological, which are the fungi and the bacteria to protect the crops. If we have native vegetation, so we can improve biodiversity. If we use natural solutions for fertilizers, if we use irrigation or if the crop is rain-fed, and also the involvement with the local communities, how are the conditions for the workers in the farm level, and prevention of pollution. So it's really a broad aspect around the impact of our farming system into the nature and into the people that is connected into this process. I mean, Fabiana and the farmers probably have to do most of the job to get certified and to maintain the certification. When it comes to the mills or even to the brands, it's probably a little easier. In a way, you have to commit and you have to be serious about it. So you need to source your cotton from your regenerative, regional agri-certified sources. And then obviously it comes to, you know, social responsibility and the working conditions and all of that and some sort of technological preparation when it comes to deal with transaction certificates and all of that. But for a spinner or weaver or a vertical mill like mine, it's not really a big deal. You only need a little preparation. And again, you, you need to commit to your sources. So what does the future look like for your businesses and regenerative agriculture as a whole? Rose, from our perspective, as I mentioned in the beginning, being a farmer, we really need to look after and prioritize the soil health. We need to have a health soil in order to have longevity in our business. And applying regenerative practices since these last seven years, it showed us, it proved us that this is doable in a large scale. We farm here in Brazil to 120,000 hectares of crops, combining first and second crop. And we are able to apply in most of our areas the regenerative practices. So I think this is the key aspect. We are able to keep and maintain what we've been having of success results so far with all the improvements that recent and modern agriculture has been developing as of today. But I think that looking ahead into the future, we are very confident that Having a regenerative approach towards a farming system with more biological context, bringing the biology back, we really learned that the biology is really a key factor in this process. And looking into the future, we are confident that this more balanced way of farming 
bringing life back into the soil and bringing the soil into the center of our approach is really the future. And this has a huge potential to change how the agriculture is done in the world. The future to me sounds regenerative. I mean, now we're discussing regenerative agriculture, but as I mentioned earlier, regenerative is becoming some sort of direction, even when it comes to engineering and designing products. So the future, in my opinion, especially the future of the fashion industry, will have to be more and more regenerative, starting with the very start of everything, which in my case is the fiber. I would say that because regenerative agriculture is scalable, I can expect regenerative cotton to become pretty much 100% of our supply within 2030. Not going to try to kill the organic supply. That's probably will continue. Regenerative will take over conventional. Absolutely. And I'm all up for it. Again, it, it might take a little bigger investment because regenerative obviously comes with the premium, which is also easy to understand. The farmers, they have to put in place new practices and they have to sustain new investments and they have to adjust what they've probably done in different ways. And that always carries extra costs. So we're still talking sustainable, I mean, financially sustainable premiums, which Again, I'm happy to pay if we are preserving biodiversity in the soil and if we're trying to make agriculture better and if we're trying to lower the impact of the oil industry. And if you could each offer one piece of advice to businesses who are aiming to be more regenerative and set up a similar short, transparent supply chain to the one that you guys have, what would that advice be? Rose, from our perspective as a farmer, I would say that if other farmers are interested in jumping in this journey, the first step is actually looking at a open mind and with an innovation eyes because it takes a while, it takes a lot of effort in order to implement practices in a different way. It's not as simple as farming with the regular practices that we've been farming in these last 30 years or 50 years talking about modern agriculture. So it's really looking with a different perspective, more in a prevention, thinking about crop protections, as an example, in terms of reducing chemicals. You really need to be more proactive and look at, at a more preventive way in order to not allow a big pressure of any disease or of any pest to interfere into the crop and risk the yields. So I think the advice here would be just to be persistent and really want to do it for real. I think regenerative is really popular at the moment and it's so easy to do it, but you really need to put effort and investment and bringing the right people with the right mindset into the process and be persistent because the results, they maybe don't come in one year or in the next season. But as time goes by, the results can prove themselves, maybe not such a short time, but more in the middle term, and it can improve year over year onwards. So I think just, you know, be resilient, open-minded, bring the right people with the right mindset to build a long-term roadmap, because this is really a long-term roadmap in our perspective. We talk long-term history, longevity, and those are the values we share. Sheffer's been there for 35 years. We've been there for 85. 
I think the Schaeffer Candiani combination is a good combination that other farmers and other mills should replicate, not imitate, meaning that if they want to do it, they should do it for real as we did it. So you should commit, as Fabiana just said, and I understand that for the farmers that could be a little tricky or difficult, but it does also create opportunities, in my opinion. And mostly we're talking about respecting the soil and the biodiversity again. So I think we just brought to the market a little adjustment to what the common business model is in terms of supply. I'm expecting many others to go in this direction and I'm totally fine with that because if what we accomplish can be inspirational for the industry, I think we've done something very good and will certainly help to scale regenerative agriculture. Thank you both for joining me today. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you, Rose. Thank you, Alberto. It's great having the opportunity to have the discussion, the very inspiring topic with you both. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Rose. And thank you, Fabiana. Thank you for joining me today for the Region Agri podcast. To learn more about what we've talked about in this episode, please find the links to Sheffer and Candiani Denham's websites in the show notes. If you would like to know more about how the Region Agri Initiative can help you on your regenerative journey from advisory services, monitoring of on-farm data and regenerative certification through to carbon verification, please visit regionagri.org. You can also check out our case studies and articles and gain access to our digital hub for free insight and advice. Alternatively, follow us on Twitter or Instagram at regionagri underscore org or search Region Agri on LinkedIn.